Praise the Lord. He's worthy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Worship you, Lord. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Ah. Jacob, when you gave those OOOs, you know what my OOO was? Gratitude. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Come on, somebody. The Lord is wanting to do something in this place today. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I'll tell you what. I am grateful, for one, to get to be up here behind this pulpit today. I might be just a little bit emotional today. I might be a little bit, I might be a lot emotional today, actually. But it's been 18 weeks since I've been behind this pulpit. That's four months, six days, and 127 days, trust me, because I've counted every single one of them. And when Jody shared with the church on December the 6th that I was having some neurological issues that we couldn't figure out what it was, church, I didn't know. I didn't know if I'd ever be back up here again. And um, up until that day, that was one of the hardest days of my life. But, of course, then, as the weeks went on, I had a few more to top that, okay? But uh, we'll get around to that a, a little bit later. But before we get to that, let me just set the stage for where I want to go over the next several weeks. Today, I want to give you the first installment of our new series, Storytellers. Now, if you're part of the X generation, as I am, and you watched VH1 back in the 90s, then you'll remember that there was a TV series called Storytellers. Storytellers gave me a little bit of inspiration for my series title, but Storytellers was a time when the bands would share the backstory of the songs that they sang. You see, some of them, they would sing songs that came from all kinds of, of different places, and it gave us some insight based on the stories that they tell. Like some of them, they talked about and sang about uh, romantic love. Others from a broken heart. Some songs were written all about them and full of conceit. Like right said Fred. For those of you that know, you know, you can go Google it later, but you won't be any smarter after having done so. And then there were other songs that kind of highlighted uh, the good that these bands saw in others and songs that would inspire people, right? Come on, Eye of the Tiger, anyone, right? But this new series, catch this, it isn't so much about our small story as it is about God's big story, his story or his story, right? It's really about how our small story intersects with God's big story. And throughout this series, uh, we're going to be looking at several different people's lives that intersect with God's story. And I got to tell you that this is a little fluid for me because I'm really praying. And this is kind of the direction that I'm feeling the Lord leading me right now. But, you know, I'm starting to learn to allow God to call audibles in my life. And you should allow God to call audibles in your life because we make our plans, but the Lord directs our steps. Amen? And so let me just say that I think, at least my plan so far, is I want us to talk a little bit about, we're going to talk about Joseph. I think that's really fitting for this series. We're going to talk a good bit about Jacob. We're also going to talk a little bit 
about Job. And so we're going to talk about these people's stories, and I think what we're going to find is God, center stage, always meeting us where we are and always giving us what we need. He takes our story and then he uses it for his glory. Now what I want to do today is I want to share with you my story. And I'm going to share with you how my story intersects with God's story. And it's my desire that today it will build your faith and it will build your hope in knowing that no matter what you face in life, God is always with you. And he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. Now, I want you to just pray with me if you would, to just ask God to just prepare our hearts uh, for what he wants to do in us. Because I'm telling you, church, God wants to do something. We just celebrated our 10th birthday last year. Praise God. Amen. But you know what? The next 10, they're going to be greater than we could ever possibly imagine. And so we got to be prepared. Larry said it. It's time to advance the kingdom of God. It's time to take the training wheels off. That hit me right there in worship. That wasn't planned. It's time to take the training wheels off, church. It's time for us to step into, forgive the uh, plug here, our destiny. Amen? And destiny's destiny. Come on, pray with me. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in our lives. Thank you, Father, that you're faithful to begin everything that you have started. Father, I pray today that we would have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church, to your body, Lord. And I pray today, God, that your word would go forth, that it would do its bidding, that it would just renew our minds, that it would tear down preconceived thoughts. And that, Lord God, I pray also, Lord, that you would start a fire in this place, in our hearts, Lord God. Lord, may there never be any low embers, Lord, but, but there always be a bonfire burning hot for you and burning hot for the things, Lord God, that your heart is longing for. Mold us, make us, Lord, into your image, into the image of your son. We surrender to you. We, we, we give our all to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in July of 2020, I was on my way one morning to the gym when I lost complete control of my body. As a matter of fact, I was in my kitchen and I'd just taken a drink of my protein drink, and I fell into my trash can, and, and I landed on the floor. I was still conscious, but I had this, like, visual as if everything was in a strobe light, like I was seeing pictures of everything around me, so I didn't completely black out. Honestly, I, I thought that I was having a massive heart attack, right? But, but, I, I, but I didn't feel any pain. I was at home alone. And after lying on the floor for about maybe uh, several minutes, I began to just gain a, a little bit of strength. I remember I got up, and, and seriously, you guys, I mean, like, I was like an Irish guy on St. Patrick's Day, right? I'm telling you, I was like, you know, just trying to get to my phone to get there. And uh, so inappropriate. Chris, why'd you say that? Um, <laughs> probably because I've seen an Irish guy. What was it the Irish guy said? You'd never been drunk until you hold on to the grass to keep from falling off the earth. The Irish guy told me that. I don't know. The stuff that sticks in your head and comes out of your mouth. Help me, Jesus. I'm blaming it on the brain surgery, okay? All right. I'm going to be riding that one for a long time, guys. You better believe it. 
So I was like that, trying to get to my phone. Yet whenever I looked at my phone, it impaired my vision like big time, right? And so I hold up my phone. Of course, it recognizes my face, and I'm like, I got to call 911. And so I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm like, okay, I know where the 9 and the 1 is. And so I'm like, 9, 1, 1. And no kidding, this is what happens, and it happens twice. We're sorry. Your number cannot be dialed as completed or whatever, right? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. This is 911. So I try to call 911 twice, and I'm thinking, what is happening? And so I I look down then, and and I can barely see my phone. And I know at the top of my uh, quick links is is Jody's uh, number. And so I just reach up, and I push it, and Jody answers the phone. Now, watch this. Jody had only left the house maybe 10 minutes prior. As a matter of fact, this was, um, like I said, this is back in what, July of, when did I say this was? 2020, 2020, it was 2020. It was in 2020, so this is before we started meeting, like I think a couple weeks before we started meeting, right? And so she was on her way to the Ashley's house uh, because they were recording worship on Saturday. I would record my messages on Thursday, and I was actually going to go with them. I just had someone in the church says, hey, you want to work out with me Saturday? And it was someone I wanted to spend time with. And so um, I didn't really need to be there. So I decided to go work out with them or else I would have been driving the car with my entire family with me. So anyway, I, I finally get through to 911. And within minutes, there is a fire and a rescue at my house. And so I muster up the strength to answer the door. And there were a couple of uh, first responders. One of them was Ben Owens. Now, Ben is Clay and Amy's son. For those of you that know Clay and Amy, uh, they were some of our very first church members. And I was shocked that Ben was there because Ben, I know, I mean, Ben doesn't, I've done his wedding, he's my friend. Ben doesn't work in Mandarin. Later on, he just happened to tell me that there was a double shift and he wanted to pick up the extra money, and so he chose to come to Mandarin, which he rarely does. Ben checked me out. He made sure that I wasn't having a cardiac event, and he loaded me up in the ambulance, and he took me to the emergency room. And on the way there, he prayed with me. Church, I can't tell you the peace that filled that ambulance that morning. I cried all the way to the hospital because I knew that God had orchestrated Ben being the one to answer the call that day. I mean, it was very assuring of the truth that I needed to be reminded of, that God was with me. Church, when the Bible says that God has every single one of our days numbered, can I just tell you, he wasn't kidding. He wasn't kidding. As a matter of fact, when I look on that moment, I remember the fear that hit me as I lay on the kitchen floor. But within 30 minutes, I had peace come over me like a tidal wave. And I just want to encourage someone with that. Whenever you find yourself at a place to where fear is gripping you and overcoming you, that God has the ability to change that thing just like that. Now, I want you guys to understand why I'm doing this series. I want you to understand um, my story and and telling you why I'm telling these other stories of these other people that we're going to be talking about in the Bible. You see, when I say story, really another word for story is testimony. 
And a testimony is a spoken or a written account of any of God's activities in our lives. And the Bible tells us in Revelation 19.10 that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, any time we give testimony of the things that Jesus has done in our lives, we prophetically declare to others what God is willing to do for them. And it's for that reason that we need to be given our testimonies at every possible opportunity we can and telling of the things that God has done for us. I've shared this with you guys before, but the root of the word uh, testimony in Hebrew means do it again. You see, what God has done for me, he wants to do in you. And what God has done in you, he wants to do in others. And so God gives us a part to play in carrying out his plans and his purposes. That's why I say that our story intersects with God's story. But not only do his testimonies reveal his wonderful acts, but they also reveal what it is that he's laid to us through the lives of others as laid out in the scripture as they tell their story. And this is what I mean. For example, like whenever I look back through all that I've walked through, I get an even better understanding of God's heart. I get a better understanding of the things that he values. As Pastor Daniel mentioned a few weeks ago, and by the way, can I just want to say thank you, Pastor Daniel, for filling the pulpit, and Mitch and my wife for holding the fort. Thank you, brother. You did an excellent, excellent, excellent job. Go, buy, go give that guy a gift card, man. Take his family out, all right? That's an order in Jesus' name. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Thank you. But what you said was so true, Daniel, because, you know, there's knowing something, but then there's experiencing it. And while I very much want people to know about God, I want them to experience God. And one of the ways that we help invite people into an experience with God is by telling our story, which creates an opportunity for that story to be duplicated. Yes, we tell our story to bring uh, glory to God, but watch, God is glorified all the more when others stand in faith, trust him, and believe that he will move in their lives just as he moved in the lives of those that he saw move. Our story, our t- or we say our testimony, watch this, it creates a faith-filled expectation. I had a mentor who would often say that the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. In other words, our testimony can cause people to become pregnant with possibility. How? Because with God, all things are possible. And your story can set in motion the faith of another to believe God for great things. Amen? Now, After my trip to the emergency room, I started noticing that I was having neurological problems that kept getting progressively worse. I was having a difficult time with my sermon prep. Jody shared some of this with you, of course, on that Sunday morning, December 5th. And I also had a difficult time with word finding. It was several months after I went to the ER that it was in June of last year, June of, of 2021, that I was meeting with a couple of pastors, and I was sharing with them my testimony, right? 
because we should be sharing our testimony, even to other Christians, because that encourages the faith. It's not just to the lost. So I was sharing my testimony about my car wreck. Many of you know about my car wreck and what God did in my life when I was 16 uh, years old. Man, God is not over. You're so good, Lord. Oh, Oh, you're so good. And I was telling that story, but I've told that story hundreds of times. Man, I can tell it in my sleep. (laughs) And um, I couldn't find the words. And I didn't know, you know, exactly what was happening. Honestly, I, I thought it was brain fog because I had eaten a bunch of gluten earlier that day. Gluten's not kind to me. And, um, but I noticed that the difficulty concentrating and finding words, it continued to get worse each, and each week. It wasn't because of the gluten. Honestly, the first thing that I thought is I thought that it might have been the side effect of uh, a medication that I was taking at that time. And so I got off the medication for a while, uh, thinking well, that must have been it. Um, and then once we ruled that out, then we thought that perhaps maybe uh, it was the result of COVID. As a matter of fact, I mentioned that to you guys. You, the, for those of you who remember me saying that, I said, guys, I think I've been having COVID fog, so if I ever say anything. So I was walking through it e- even then. Then in July, I was out kayak fishing uh, with a friend of mine. And I was talking with him, and then all of a sudden, I completely lost my words. I experienced what is medically known as aphasia, which is where I had complete control over my body and and even my thoughts, but not my words. And this lasted for at least a full minute. Now, guys, that's a scary place to be. I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you where you go to say something and you simply can't say it. And it scared my buddy to death uh, because my buddy never (laughs) knew me to not have words right? You get that, huh? In that event, it led me to go into the neurologist where we thought that I was possibly experiencing seizures or TIAs, which for those of you that don't know what that is, those are mini strokes. With each passing week, I was declining in pretty much every area of my life. I not only had constant brain fog, or at least that's what I I thought that it was at the time, but all of a sudden, I could no longer read. Now, church, I want you to stop and think about that just for a minute. I don't know if you've ever really considered how much we actually read. But even if you're not a reader, per se, as in like reading books, we constantly read. Whether it's reading a menu at the restaurant, whether it's reading street signs, Hopefully, everyone is reading their Bible. I got to tell you this. This is funny, cheesy pastor joke, but true story. My dentist asked me if I was flossing. How many of you, whenever you go and they floss you, you know, then your gums bleed because you don't floss? How many of you floss? Let me ask, how many of y'all floss? Oh, wow, now I'm convicted. Wow. (laughs) Well, my dentist is like, do you floss every day? I looked at him, I said, do you read your Bible every day? (laughs) (laughs) He said, I'll never ask you again. (laughs) Oh, but um, that day um, when I couldn't read, it dawned on me, man, there's there's a lot of things I I couldn't do. I mean, I couldn't read. And not only could I not read, watch this, I couldn't write either. Typically, it will take me an hour to put my notes on one page. Ish. It was probably taking me 10 hours. 
and I was struggling. I would, I would type out the sentence, and I would misspell almost every single word, and I certainly couldn't write. So I couldn't talk very well. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't remember things that I had known for years. And then in October, just October of just this past year, I was scheduled to do two weddings, right, and also speak at a school chapel. And I wanted to honor my commitment on those events, but they were probably the hardest events that I had ever tried to approach and go through in my entire life up to that point because I could barely read. As a matter of fact, I stumbled through one of the weddings and the chapel message. And it was at that time that I realized that I, I needed to step back from some of my ministerial duties because I simply didn't have the ability to carry it out. Church, I can't begin to tell you how low of a place I was at. Look, I trusted God through all of it. And I'll be honest, I was never mad at God once, but I got to tell you, I felt worthless. I couldn't even pray with my kids. I mean, I could, I could, but I would mess the prayer up, and I certainly couldn't read. I had to get my 11-year-old to read the Bible because I couldn't read it because we read the Bible together every night. Parents, you should be doing that with your kids. No condemnation, but start doing it because they need it. And so I was at a, at a, at a bad place. As a matter of fact, and I never even said this to anyone. I never even mentioned it to Jody once, but inside, honestly, I was fearful that I was having dementia. Never breathed it. I, I tried to avoid it. Yeah, I tried to put that back in the corner and like pretend like, nope. Mm -mm 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 -mm. But inside, that's what I thought was happening. Then on Thanksgiving Day, we were on our way to Jody's parents' house, to Jeff and Karen's, and uh, on the way there, I experienced um, a similar thing as what happened to me when I was fishing with my friend, only this time it was much, much worse. Because at that time, I was still driving some. Like I would just like make small little trips around because I could just be right there. And, and it's not really that far uh, to get to my in-laws' house. And so uh, I was driving and all, I had the family with me. And all of a sudden, I completely lost my words. I couldn't say anything. So I reach over, and I kind of tap Jody a little bit harder than usual so that she would know it wasn't just a tap like, mm-hmm. It was like, hey, right? And so I grabbed her. She went, hey, and she went, hey, ooh. She knew something was going on. And I, I'm, I'm able to drive. I'm like, the words weren't there. I made it to Jeff and Karen's house, and as I pulled in the driveway, I had an episode that was much like a seizure. I would say that probably is what it was, was a seizure. I didn't pass out, uh, but I almost lost my complete consciousness. And Jody put me in bed where I slept for the rest of the day. And it was after that happened, then I knew that I couldn't drive anymore either. It was after that we knew that we had to tell you guys what was happening. Jody and I had visited about what our next steps would be, and we agreed that she would take lead until we figured out what was happening with me. And so, that Sunday morning, December the 5th, Jody told you guys that something was happening with me. Now, church, I have to be honest, and I have to be transparent about how extremely 
hard that day was for me. I've had a lot of difficult days in my life, but that was the most difficult one ever. This had topped them all. And I now know that the large tumor that was in my brain had affected many, many areas, even my emotions. But at that time, I didn't even know that I had a brain tumor yet. And so on that Sunday morning, Jody and the girls had already left to go to church. I was still at home by myself. And church, I wanted to die. I mean, I really wanted to die. I had thoughts go through my mind that had never gone through my mind before. As a matter of fact, I bet you that there are some of you in this room this morning that can relate. You've hit rock bottom before. Maybe some of you are even here this morning and and you're there. And here's what I want you to know, that there is hope. Are you hearing me? Me standing up Here, teaching you and preaching this morning is proof that there is hope. And hope's name is Jesus. In the 23rd Psalm, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You see, I've learned that God never promised that we wouldn't have to go through some valleys in life. Actually, he, he promised that we would. And sometimes those valleys look like what the 23rd Psalm says here, the shadow of death. But with that promise comes a much greater promise, and that is that God would be with us. Friends, you see, this is what's different between us and the world. And how we face difficulties. The world only has themselves to look to or others to look to. A very limited resource. But God, come on somebody, but God will strengthen you. He will comfort you. He will guide you. He will be everything that you need. And most importantly, he will be with you. He will be with you. Verse 5 goes on to say, you prepare a table. Before me, in the presence of my enemies. Look, I know that it's not popular to talk about the devil in church. But you need to know that you have an adversary, an enemy, the devil. One who is hell-bent on taking you with him. One who wants to end your life. One who wants to steal every good thing that God has purposed for you. One who wants to destroy the plans and purpose of God for your life. And how does he do that? Well, primarily by deceiving us and getting us to believe a lie. By getting us to believe things like, my life won't get any better. No one really loves me. God doesn't even love me. I'll never be able to do the things that are in my heart. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not the right race. I'm not the right gender. I'm not a, I'm not a man. Only a man can do that. I don't have enough finances. I don't have the right connections. Things are never going to change. This is just who I, I am. I, I, I can't change. I messed up too many times. 
You see, the devil has a whole language called lies. That's why the Bible says that he is the father of lies. And as the father of lies, he wants to give birth to those lies in your life. And friends, the only way that you're able to discern a lie is by knowing the truth. By knowing the truth and knowing truth. Because truth has a name and his name is Jesus. And I believe that there are those of you that are here this morning. Those of you that are watching online that have believed some lies. I'm going to tell you what I know is true about all of us. Is we've all believed lies at certain points and times in our life. But it's time for us to reject those lies. And we reject those lies by replacing them with truth. Listen to me for a minute. I want to just speak this over you. You are John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. How many of you know that everlasting life isn't just talking about once we go to heaven? Thank God for heaven. Oh, what a glorious day that's going to be. But he wants you to experience life. He said, I came to bring life and to bring it more abundantly. He wants you to have life now. Not until you get into heaven. He said, my kingdom come, thy will be done here on where? Right here. Jacksonville on earth as it is in heaven. You are loved. You are loved. You're loved beyond what you could ever possibly imagine. And watch this. You are talented. You may just not have not discovered what your talent is. But God has given everyone a talent. You will carry out the dreams in your heart. If you trust and obey God. Now that's in a conditional promise right there. I'm not just going to say you are going to carry out. Because God gives us this wonderful thing, doesn't he? Called a beautiful uh, free will. Right? But as we trust and obey God, we will carry it out. Because watch this. God always finishes what he starts. Faithful is he who began a good work in you to complete it. Right? He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the alpha and the omega. God is not into starting things and not finishing them. So if God has started something in your life, if he's put a dream within you, he's not going to just trick you. But what you and I have got to do is we've got to trust him and we've got to be obedient as sons and daughters. He's called us. He's called us. Listen, maybe you're here and you've messed up. A lot. Well, guess what? God specializes in forgiving people who have messed up a lot. Maybe you don't have the finances to do the things that are in your heart. Well, guess what? Our Heavenly Father, He owns the cattle that's on a thousand hill. He is Jehovah Jireh, and He will provide for our every need as we trust him. You heard me say it earlier when I gave you that word, Matthew 6, Seek you first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and he will make and add all things to us. When I say that I hit rock bottom that Sunday morning, I was ready to throw in the towel. And there's only one thing that kept me from that. The confidence that God is a way maker. The assurance that God is who he says he is. 
the persuasion that his word says that he will work all things together for the good of those who love him and that are called according to his purpose. And the stories that I have read time and time and time again of how God did it for others. Church, he did it for me. And if he did it for me, I promise you, no, he promises you that he will do it for you. God is no respecter of persons. All we've got to do is surrender our heart to Jesus. Surrender your heart to Jesus and watch him do what you never thought that could be done. As a matter of fact, you know what? You don't even have to wait till I get finished telling my story to surrender your heart to Jesus. If you want to surrender your heart to Jesus and the spirit of God is pulling on your heart, I want you to know that right now all you got to do is say, I surrender, Lord. And at that moment, he'll meet you at this exact moment. And he'll start to do a work in your life that only he can do. A miracle working God. That's who he is, church. Psalms 40 and verse 2. I love this because this right here just shows how God has the power to lift us up. No matter how far down we have fallen. And give us solid footing. Psalm 40 and verse 2 says, he lifted me up from the pit of despair. What pit are you in this morning? He'll lift you up. I said he'll lift you up. He lifted me up from the pit of despair, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. Some of you have been stuck for so long that you become accustomed to have been held captive. Like the children of Israel who were freed from Egypt, who became content with being slaves. Many Christians are living their life short, way short, of all that God has planned and purposed for them. But all that God asks us to do is to trust him. Don't throw in the towel. Hey, watch this. The devil is planning a celebration in hopes of you giving up and throwing in the towel. Hey, ruin his party. I said ruin his party. Tell the devil he can't have you. Tell the devil that he can't have your family. Tell the devil that he can't stop the mission of this church. Hey, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. All we've got to do, watch this, is submit ourselves to God. Resist the devil and he must flee. If you ever find your place where you feel like, man, all hell is coming against you, just know that all heaven is for you. All you've got to do is once you get to that place. You know why we raise our hands in church for those of you that are new to church? Because I remember the first time I came to church and I thought, that's kind of an odd thing. Until the Lord showed it to me one day. I think I saw someone, you know, and said, stick your hands up. And the person went, whoop. And I thought, that's it. That's what it means when we raise our hand and says, Lord, I surrender. I surrender. Lord, it's all yours. I give it to you, Lord. Here it is. I surrender. And when we surrender to God, the scripture says to submit yourself, to surrender, to submit yourself, resist the devil, and he must flee. Listen, I'm only going to give you the first part of my story today. You're going to have to come back next week to hear the rest. But don't just come back. Watch this. Come back and bring someone. Hear me, church. I, I, I'm challenging you. It's time for us to advance the kingdom of God. 
I wanted to share the rest. I'm going to make you wait till next week. But I wanted to give you just an appetizer to get you going because I promise you what I'm about to share with you is going to blow your mind. But we need people here, people that need healing. We need people that need freedom. We need people that need Jesus. Do whatever you can do. Tell them you'll, you, you want to take them out to lunch. But hey, before I take you out to lunch Sunday, why don't you come to church with me? Do whatever you can do to get people here. And let's come next week with an expectation. Every one of us, not just the staff, not just the pastors, not just the elders. Let's all come together and let's get this city Come on, y'all with me. Let's get this city. There's people that are dying and going to hell. And we can't sit back and be lackadaisical and comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with the fact that there are people dying going to hell in my city. God's called us for that. Friends, the only thing that's going to matter in eternity, and believe me, we're all going to face eternity, every single one of you. And when we stand before God, only two things is going to matter. First of all, did you know him? That's going to matter a lot. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father. No one goes to the heaven but through Jesus. And we're going to give an opportunity here in a little bit, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, to, to say, yes, Lord, I surrender to you. But then the second thing is, did we make him known? What did we do with the gifts and the talents and the time and the finances and everything that he's given us? What, what do we do with, with, with that? Because, friends, it's going to be held to account. Did you not read the parable of the talents? You know what I'm talking about, church people. Don't look at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to tell you this. He gave five, three, and one talents to some folks. Five took care of it. Three didn't. And the one who didn't do anything with it, the master came back and said, hey, even what you got because you didn't put it to use will be taken away from you. Out of my presence, he said. Now, that's a parallel, and it's a picture of what Jesus said in regards to us and what God has given us. God expects us to be good stewards of the things that he's given us. And friends, he has given you something. Don't sit there and think that he's not, well, I'm not a preacher. That's okay. You can talk, can't you? You can walk, can't you? You can shake a hand, can't you? You can help change a dirty diaper. Come on, get them, Daniel. They can sign up for nursery, can't you? You say, I'm not ready. Then join us a community group where they will equip you and get you ready. We will equip you. That's our job, the equipping of the saints. If you're not ready, don't say, well, I'm not ready. We'll make you ready. But it's time. I said it's time. Today is the day of salvation. It's time. Don't let God pass you over and go use someone else. Listen, the greatest thing of being a Christian, first of all, is being a son and a daughter. That's beautiful. But to get a, allow our story to be intersected in with his story, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Now, here's what I want to do. The band, you guys can come on up, but the band's going to lead us in worship. And as they do, watch this. If you need freedom this morning, and I'm not going to say if, because I know there are people in this room that need freedom. And if you sit there at your seat and you continue to walk into, listen, there are some of you here that you've been walking in the same bondage for decades, plurals. Today can be the day that you can walk in freedom. I believe that today was God-ordained for some people to be free. And so in a minute, we're going to start to change up some stuff around here. And one of the things that we're going to start doing is we're going to provide more and more opportunities for ministry. 
And I want to invite you that if that's you, and you're like, yeah, man, I need some freedom in an area of my, my life. I don't know what it might be. Maybe, maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your finances. You know, maybe it's just depression. Maybe, maybe it's something you're, you're, you're struggling with right now. Maybe you just need Jesus. But listen, don't get up. From, and I'll tell you when that moment will be. Well, it's whenever I get done praying and, and the band kicks in. Don't get up and walk down. Get up and run down and come down here. And when I've already called a bunch of people last night and said, be down here waiting for them. Because tonight and today is the day of freedom. Don't walk in bondage another day. Don't do it. Don't do it and don't sit back and be a spectator and watch everyone else around you get free. You ever come to church and you look around and you see the person next to you and they're crying and they're shaking and you're like, what's going on with that person? That person is seeking God with all their heart and you're sitting spectating. Don't be a spectator. It's those that hunger and thirst for righteousness that's filled. Are you hearing me, church? If you just kind of show up and say, well, let me see what this God thing's about. You're not going to experience him. That's the way it works. God doesn't owe himself to show nothing to you other than saying, come after me, die, surrender yourself, and I will give you all of the kingdom. He desires to give us all the kingdom, church. He wants to give us everything we need, but we've got to seek first, not second or fifth. Some of you have been seeking God second, third, fifth. Some of you have been seeking him 50th, and you wonder, well, I haven't seen God in my life. Well, that's because you've not sought him with all of your heart. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good, not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. And God has a hope. He has a future for you. But you've got to keep reading, see, because in verse 12 and 13, it goes on to say, But then you will go and you will pray to me and you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I'm giving you the key right now to experiencing God, church. It's letting go. It's letting go. It's letting go of doubt. It's letting go of fear. It's letting go of pride. And when you surrender those things to him, and you come with a hunger, and you come thirsting for his presence, you're going to be filled. And friends, there's nothing greater than being filled with the Spirit of God. There's nothing greater than the peace. There's nothing greater than the love. There's nothing greater than the forgiveness that Jesus offers us. Now, before I transition to our time of ministry, let me just close this first half of my story with telling you what happened to me that Sunday morning. I came to church. Now, some of y'all can relate to that statement. Some of you are like, okay. Because some of you, you would say today, I came to church. And what I mean by that and what you, those of you that know what I mean by that, you mean it was everything that I could do today ever been at that place? Anyone ever been? Can we, can we be a moment of honesty? Ever been to a place where it was everything? Thank you. Y'all are human. Yeah. Me too. I came to church. As a matter of fact, whenever uh, I, I came, um, I, had to, I had to come through the back door. I drove into the back because I didn't want to face anyone. And I went. I, I, I sat at my usual seat here on the front row. And tears was just flowing down my face and then the band started singing the first song Chris was singing the song uh, I thank God first can I just tell you that the best thing that you could ever do whenever you find yourself in a hard place is to thank God yeah in Psalm verse 
uh, chapter 59, verses 16 and 17. Uh, David cried out to God because King Saul had sent some assassins to kill him. And I think this verse parallels with how the enemy often sends his demons to try and take us out. But listen to what David does. It says, but I will sing of your strength. Hmm. So much different than what the world says, right? They focus on their own strength. He says, but I will sing of your strength. I'm going to boast in my weakness. See, that's different than the world. Remember the things of this, uh, of the kingdom is completely opposite of the things of this world, right? You've heard that before. To live, you know, you got to die. To go up, you got to go down. To get, you got to give, right? He says, I will sing. I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud. There's a time to be loud. You say, Pastor, you're awful loud sometimes. Well, that's because I'm being biblical. Sometimes you got to sing aloud because it's in your spirit. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. Oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you. For you, oh God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. God protected David, and he canceled the assignment that was sent from his enemy. And friends, what God did for David, he will do for you. He will protect you, and he will cancel the assignment sent from your enemy, the devil. That Sunday morning, I started singing the chorus, I thank God. And as I did, I began to feel the strength of God arise. I felt the comfort of the Holy Spirit come upon me. He met me when I was there at rock bottom. And then Chris sang the bridge. See, y'all didn't know all this is going on. Chris, you sang that bridge. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. And at that exact moment when you sang that, Chris, and I was joining in, my eyes came open. I want to encourage you with that, Chris. Larie, the team, the things that you guys do, it breaks things off of people's lives. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you do. But when he sang that bridge at that exact moment, I'm telling you, scales just fell <clears throat> off my life. And truth set me free. Now watch this. I didn't get a physical healing at, at that moment, but I had a spiritual breakthrough. I had a spiritual healing, which is much, much better. I can promise you because there are people all over churches this morning and all over the world who are physically fine, but they're not spiritually fine. Are you with me? And so though my circumstances hadn't yet changed, I was able to continue on by saying, it is well with my soul. You see, oftentimes we wait for God to do something in our lives before we give him praise. But we fail to recognize, and what we fail to recognize is that freedom comes when we give him praise. Freedom is the byproduct of praising God. When we talk about trusting God, that means that we're believing that he's going to do the thing that he promised that he would do in his word. And trusting God isn't what we do after God does something in our lives. That's just 
thanking him. That's just being grateful. But trust is something we do before we see our circumstance change. And in that moment, I didn't know how. I didn't know when. But God knew that 18 weeks later that I would be up here telling the story. As a matter of fact, right after Chris uh, sang that bridge and my spiritual eyes were open, I clearly heard the Holy Spirit say, you'll tell about this moment one day. And you know what else he told me? He said, be very honest about everything that you felt this morning and be transparent about it. Now I'm going to pause the rest of my story. We're going to pick back up with it next week. And like I said, I can promise you that the second half of it is going to be mind-blowing. I couldn't even imagine the depths of where we were about to go and have to walk through and how God came through in a way that only he could. But what I want to know is, who needs freedom this morning? Who's here this morning that you want to walk in freedom? You're tired of walking bound. You're tired of being held as as captive. I'm telling you this, guys. Freedom is in this place where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. There's freedom in this place. Now listen, the band, they're going to sing us in song. They're going to lead us in song. And as they do, guys, don't wait and look around and see if anyone else. If the Spirit of God is tugging on your heart and you want to be free, just forget the fact that there's anybody here. Come down. There's people that's waiting to lay hands on you, to pray with you. You can share what little or how much you want with them. But we're going to pray and we're going to trust God that there's going to be some folks today that's going to leave this place in freedom. Amen. So I'm going to pray for us. And just as soon as I'm praying, and all my my prayer partners, you guys can start coming down as, as, as I'm praying. But the moment I stop praying, the team's going to lead us in worship. And I want to invite you guys to come down. Now, listen to me for a moment because I just felt this from the Lord. Hold this, hold this. Look, some of you are not going to come because you think, oh, this is a small thing in my life. Can I tell you something? One of the things that I love about God is not just that he's into big things, but God is into the small things. Some of you guys have been held back by a small thing that's part of the dream. But you know what? You get a lot of small things to add up and it becomes a big thing. I mean, a snowflake seems so insignificant until you get a bunch of them together, then it stops traffic. And so don't sit out there and think, well, this is just a little bitty thing. You know, I'll let them pray for, you know, minister to people who's dealing with major issues. I don't have a major issue. You know, and don't let your issues keep your butt in that seat. If you need freedom, get down here and let's worship God together. And let's let this be a fresh new day, a fresh new decade for Destiny Church. Amen. Come on, join me in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty, God. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that we would be a free people, God, a free people. And so, Lord, the only way we do that is by surrendering to you and lifting up the name of Jesus. So we surrender our hearts in this place, Lord. We surrender our hearts, all of who we are, to all of who you are. Listen to me for a moment. Prompting right now, prompting. Who's here? And you have yet to surrender your life to Jesus Christ as Lord. Before we have our time of ministry to pray for those of you that say, I want freedom. I want to give that opportunity right now to pray with you. And to, and to confess Jesus as Lord. Because the Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we would be saved. Whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. And that's the starting point, right? 
That's the starting point. That's where we say our vow to God and, and we put our dependence. And then it's at that point that he brings forgiveness to our life. And then we start walking in freedom. And so who's here this morning? Just in this attitude of prayer. And you say, I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. Put your hand up so I can see it. Just put it up. I'm going to pray with you. Come on. Yeah, who else? We're going to pray. I know that the Spirit of God's moving on somebody, so I can tell it. I can tell it. I can feel it in my gut. And you're still weighing it out. And you're still thinking, I'm not real sure. You're actually thinking about it right now. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to say what I hear the Spirit of the Lord say. And my wife's watching. And other people are watching. Don't let that stop you if the Spirit of God is tugging on your heart. Surrender your life to Him. Friend, you're not promised another day. Do you hear me? I'm going to say it louder to make sure you do. You're not promised another day. You're only going to heaven through the blood of Jesus Christ and his atonement and his spilt blood. There's no other way. I don't care if you're a good guy. Good guys don't go to heaven. Forgiven guys do. Someone needed to hear that because you're like, well, I'm a good person. Well, good for you. Jesus said that there's none good. So there, take that. He said our righteousness, in other words, our very best efforts are as filthy rags. That's good that you're a good person. You should be a good person. You're going to be a better person when you've got Jesus in your life. So I'm going to ask one more time. I had a couple of hands, but who else? You say, yeah, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Anyone else? Those of you online, I'm talking to you too. Whether you're watching this live stream or whether you're watching it sometime down the road. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, pray this prayer right now. We're going to confess Jesus as Lord and watch this. The Bible says that the old things are going to pass away and God's going to make all things new. And so now we get to celebrate the life that is in Christ. And so for those of you here, those of you online, I want you to pray this prayer out loud. Church body, those of you that have prayed this prayer before many, many times, I want you to confess this out loud, this prayer with me, especially for those that are praying this prayer right now. Pray this out loud. Matter of fact, stand up real quick if you will. Stand, stand, stand. Quick to your feet. Quick to your feet. Quick, quick, quick. Pray this out loud. We're going to confess Jesus as Lord together. Pray this. Lord Jesus, I confess I was born a sinner in need of a Savior. And so I ask you, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Help me to turn from my sin. And make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. That you died on the cross for the sin of the world. For my sin. Jesus, I believe that you rose from the grave. Just as your word says. And now I want to know you. And to make you known. In Jesus' name. 